Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. Once again, it is the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me as always is the maestro of Mail Order Mysteries, Eddie Guevara. And also with us tonight is horror magician extraordinaire Chuck Caputo. Gentlemen, how's it going? All right. Fantastic over here, brother. I'm in the Sunshine State right now. <laughs> got all that fact, nice weather. Well, I tell you what, we got nice weather up here now, too. <laughs> well, yeah, I was actually want... hunting treasure down here, brother. I was trying to see if I could hit the, you know, sign some pirate ship uh, <laughs> off the coast of bring Florida. Us, you know? Yeah, bring us back some gold bars. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. I, I was figuring I could probably lift up about a ton of gold bars and I'll go over there, spread some, and give some to the king of the sea monkeys. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, I talked to uh, I talked to Todd the other day. He said he he's doing well, recovering, recovery's going good. So we, I was pressuring him to to get him on the podcast soon. So he said give it a few weeks, and uh, his royal sea monkey highness he'll 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 be on hopefully. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he told me the same thing. I think um, he's there. You know, uh, he finished punishing the the monkeys that you know were just not being. Uh, good people or good uh, servants <laughs> during the time of his uh, they thought it was his demise you know but you know they didn't know he was coming back and stronger he remember he has more than nine lives he is the king of the sea monkeys <laughs> little did they know little did they know well hey before we get into our, our conversation today man let's let's uh, give a shout out to some friends of the house of the unusual and we know that Christmas time's right around the corner so we're going to give everybody out there some uh, ideas and some websites to to hit up if they need some unique gifts uh, for their loved ones, or even if they want to send them to us here at House of the Unusual. Hey, we we're, we're always willing for gifts, right? I mean, I, I'll take it any time. Oh yeah. <laughs> but hey, definitely head over to mymoviemonsters.com. That is home of Scary Monsters Magazine number one twenty four, the Chili Thrillers and Frosty Frights issue is up for pre-order they do have two covers for this issue it's only going to be it's not going to be a uh, a usual thing this is just a, a one-time offer so the one cover has the uh, james arness as the thing and the other cover which is the newsstand cover has the the 1980s thing on it so the if you pre-order or if you i'm sorry if you subscribe you'll get the the classic cover the new stand edition is from the 1980s thing, and both covers are absolutely fantastic. I do believe they'll be offering both on the website, so you might want to pick up both because the, the artwork by Scott Jackson is absolutely beautiful. And also, you could check out their website for a lot of other monster toys, model kits, and, and back-issue magazines. Uh, even some new horror and sci-fi magazines are out, so definitely check them out, mymoviemonsters.com. Our buddy over at Stupid Comics Magazine has number five out, and it is the uh, Halloween edition with a Frankenstein monster on the cover along with uh, Igor and the Bride of Frankenstein. It, it is a great magazine. It's a mixture of, of mad and cracked. You can get, also get all the back issues there for a very good price. So definitely some cool stocking stuffers there, so you might want to check them out. And that's stupid spelled S-T-O-O-P-I-D stupidcomicsmagazine.com also if you're in the market or you got some friends that like magic or mentalism stuff like that check out our buddy dave haversat site at 1878press.com 1878press.com tons of books there uh, if you can't find what you're looking for get a hold of him he'll probably be able to find it for you uh, also as we were just mentioning our buddy todd over at the uh, sea monkey kingdom everybody under their Christmas tree, needs some sea monkeys, and he got what you need. There's tons of different combination packs there. Uh, they got T-shirts, uh, greeting cards. So if you want to send out some Christmas sea monkey greeting cards, he definitely has them there for you. There's uh, looks like eight to choose from, actually ten to choose from, and artwork is absolutely fantastic. There's different kind of aquariums there. Um, there's some feeding and growth packets, so definitely check them out at c-monkeys.com. 
Also, if you need some mail order items, check out houseoftheunusual.com. Right up on the top, you'll see the uh, the shop button. Click that. You'll come and you'll you'll come to the site where it shows our uh, magic line. There's a hoodie there for House of the Unusual and some really cool mail order gifts. You got a silent dog whistle. Uh, you could even get a surprise package. Uh, Eddie will send you. Gosh only knows what, man. Might even be an empty box like uh, he's known to send some of us. So, uh, you can also get the seven-foot uh, You Control Monster Ghost. Uh, there's some posters on there and a lot of cool stuff. So definitely check that out. You could also join our free forum on there and uh, join in the conversation that we're having. Check out some of the uh, the collections that people are putting up. There's some great pictures of, of rooms on there. So that's all we have for uh, our friends of the show, you could also find the links in the podcast description, uh, wherever you are listening to us on. And we want to just give a real quick thank you for everyone out there listening to us and tuning in every week, uh, listening to us. And if you're enjoying our conversations, please give us a, a good review because that does help us out a lot. All right. So now that's out of the way. We're going to turn it over to our buddy Chuck Caputo, horror magician extraordinaire. Chuck, brother, what's going on? All right, man. Pretty good. I'm wrapping up a lot of shows. I'm getting a little feedback here. Let me. You're the magician, check. Chuck. You're the magician. You're always going to have that. You know that. <laughs> How's that now? It's going a little better. Sounds yeah, good. Like, yeah. I've been wrapping up a lot of shows and I'll be getting in, into my Christmas. And I'm working on a couple new things for the house. The unusual, as far as the magic goes, you know, you know, the, uh, the thing that the, you know, the viewing audience, the listening audience does have to remember that, you know, uh, almost all these effects are all built by myself. They're all handmade. You know, we're not, you know, we're not purchasing them from a foreign country or something. So there's a lot of work that goes into it, but you know what, but there's something I'm working on right now with spirit slates, man. It's like really, really cool. So I'll be sending down Eddie a couple of uh, uh, sets uh, probably within the next week or so. And my wife is retiring this Friday. She just turned 65 yesterday and she's retiring like three days later. She's so, so, but so by the grace of God, she's uh, retiring. She's been a registered nurse. Joe for 31 years. So oh she, wow. Well, yes. well happy, years, happy belated birthday. That's the yeah. best thing. I love it. I love to yeah. hear that, Chuck. Yeah, happy belated birthday, Sherry. And uh congratulations on the retirement this Friday. I'm sure it'll it's it's well deserved, especially this this day and age. Yeah, very, very hard all these years, you know. So you know what? We want to try and have some fun and she can actually come on some shows with me, you know, which would be pretty nice because I'm getting tired of talking to a rabbit, you know. <laughs> Well, you know what? We would love to have her on the podcast too. I'm sure she could uh, tell us yeah. some some great stories that have oh. happened in in the hospital, and I'm sure she has some hilarious stories. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be there. yeah, that would be great. Sometime in the near future, you know what? I think we can uh, put her on, and yeah, she would she would love it, man. It'd be fantastic. Absolutely. Now, Chuck, you want to tell everyone you got a few? Uh, you're on. Um, uh, YouTube, you have a YouTube channel, and you're also on House of the Unusual's YouTube channel, where you have some uh, awesome videos on there for for magic. Absolutely. You want to tell everyone out there a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to see some of my my inventions or my uh, or my videos of my collectible magic, you know what the stuff is really vintage props that I use the the antique magic, and the principles are so old that they're new. Uh, what I would recommend is to the house, the house, the unusual, because because probably more than likely Eddie has it through the house. So go ahead and go ahead and click on there and just, you know what, uh, you know, check onto the videos and uh, you know what, there's some fantastic stuff on there. And if you can't find, find out uh, what you're looking for on there, then you could visit my wife's, uh, uh, her YouTube channel, which is Sherry Caputo. It's spelled C H E R I Caputo. And there's a bunch of different, you know, we, we probably put up a video a week. I got, I got so much magic, man, that you wouldn't believe it. So I like to <laughs> highlight it, you know, and I'm always building something too. So, you know, what I like to put, you know what, I like to demonstrate stuff. I like to, you know, talk and I like to demonstrate things. Awesome. Awesome. So Eddie, man, I, you are down in Florida right now and you've got some uh, exciting stuff going on down there and, and some exciting stuff coming up in the, the next few days. So you want to give us a, uh, a little hint about what's going on? Uh-oh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is big. It's big. And it's all courtesy of Mr. Chuck Caputo. You see, Chuck wanted me to go on an adventure. <laughs> so I talked to him and then my friend Jimbo Gray, Jimbo Gray, 
told me to do the same. I came down to Florida and I found out that not far from my mom's house is the famous Coral Castle. This is the castle that some guy who weighs about 98 pounds, he lifted with his bare bones. I mean, he lifted up a one-ton gate. I hear that he carried rocks on his back and he built this thing overnight. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go and explore it. What I found really interesting is that this is a legendary castle that appeared in Leonard Nimoy's In Search of back in the 70s, has appeared in countless history books, um, You what they call the unsolved mysteries and everything under the sun. And there's quite a few people here that don't know what the heck I was talking about, yeah. even though they've been living down here for 30 years, you know? <laughs> and um, I thought it was funny the way they, they have a legend around their house and they don't know. So I'm going to go tomorrow and uncover that legend. And then we're going to film a special edition. See, we're trying to create our own house of the unusual, unusual events or something. And we're gonna have a, we're gonna film this, and I'm gonna do a good filming of the area and stuff, and then we'll try to do our first show, our first mysteries show, and uh, you know all you guys, of course, Joe and Chuck. Joe is always the narrator. You know, if you guys heard, he runs the show. He and then Chuck. Chuck is fantastic. One of the greatest tricks that Chuck actually helped me in coming down here is, in order to save airplane fees and not have to carry a baggage. He made my luggage disappeared, and when I got to Fort Lauderdale, he made it appear again. It was fantastic, man. I didn't have to carry anything from there to here. So, Chuck, thanks for that. Hey, you know. hey you know? always, always, always willing to help. I'm so excited you're going to see Coral Castle, Eddie. You're gonna, you're gonna be amazed, you know. And I'm kind of curious what you, what you, you know, what your opinion is about this. If this, like you said, this little 98 pound guy, even with his hoists and you know, if, you know, with his come alongs and his, and his fulcrums, if he could have done this on his own, I mean, it's just hard to believe, man, you were going to be blown away. Well, one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to ask to see, uh, cause I think there's tour guides that you go there. Yep. Uh, according to what you told me, Chuck, I'm unaware what's going on. Uh, it's been close. <laughs> Funny as it may sound, it only opens between Thursday and it closes on Sunday. So it's not open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know? Wow. So that itself is kind of weird. I would have gone today to it. So what I'm going to do is when I get there, I'm going to try to, you know, take advantage of it. Now, the thing that's really funny is I think my brother, he told me he lives about maybe half a mile away from it. Wow. Uh, it was dark at night tonight. I couldn't get to see it because I was by his house. Um, my brother just got a new apartment there, like a condo they got. So uh, it's new to me. I, I haven't been in this area in about four years, uh, but it was kind of interesting that it's so close. It's approximately 36 minutes, wow. according to the GPS from my mom's house. So Coral Castle is, is something which is exciting. I mean, my favorite part down here is St. Augustine, because St. Augustine, you know, it's the town that was built for Joe. Um, it has a cemetery in the center of town, you oh, know, a small man. old cemetery with tombstones that go back to the 1800s. Wow. And uh, Joe, I know when Joe says when he comes down down here, um, he loves all the ghost tours and stuff. Right, Joe? <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. And I, I did give Coral Castle a, a call and let them gave them a heads up that you are, are coming down there. So they have all their people on on standby. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I said, feel... beware, Eddie from House <laughs> of the Unusual is on his way and he's going to have a million <laughs> questions. He'll have a phone out recording and. They were calling up the National Guard and everybody else to, to stand by. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Cor Coral, Castle, Coral Castle would be really cool. It's one of the places I've always wanted to visit. And Chuck, you, you said, I think last podcast, you, you visited down there before. Is that correct? Yes, that was uh, two years ago on my birthday. My uh, birthday is January 25th, and we were there two years ago. I tell you what, man, that was the best birthday present I ever had. It was it was it was just unreal, man. I was so excited to see that because because just like Eddie said, uh, this has been on in search of actually it was an episode nineteen eighty. So I've been trying to go for over forty years, you know, and I and uh, and uh, so my wife uh, she she wanted to go down to Miami, so I told her, well, let's go to Coral Castle because it's very close to it, you know, and so uh, yeah, so that's what we did, and it was on my birthday. It was so cool. It was great. 
Uh oh, somebody's got a phone call. That's Coral Castle calling in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're calling. They're calling to see if uh, Joe's coming down. <laughs> now, I can tell you something. I went to uh, St. Augustine last year, and I was trying to bring up uh, in one of those ghost tours. I was trying to see if I can bump with Leonard Nimoy. Apparently, he never showed up. <laughs> I wanted to see if he could do the uh, on on you know the searching episode or in search of we were going to uh, create for House of the Unusual. And it didn't work out, Chuck. So I think you're gonna have to take his place. Hey, that's okay, man. Anything... How, big, how big is that place? Uh, the whole, I guess, the whole property of Coral Castle. Do you know how long, how big it is? You know what? It's kind of hard to say, but it's. I mean, it takes about a 45 minute tour to get through. I mean, they do. Oh wow! At, yeah, they do stop at each part and they tell the history, you know, and and so forth. So it takes about a 45 minute tour. I mean, it's a. It looks like a fort almost. The best way I could say it, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's like a fort that's built out of coral, and you know, and, and you go from section to section, and just like Eddie said, uh, the door itself, uh, w- which is not working right now, uh, it actually collapsed about twenty years ago, and there were some students in in from the engineering uh, place down there in Florida. They came in and they had fixed it, and then it collapsed again. So it's just like uh, sitting there, but that door is nine tons alone. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And, and so when that thing was working, Joe, like a young child is on video with like one hand, they could push that door. Uh, it would actually, uh, it would actually uh, revolve. I mean, that's how perfectly balanced that Ed Leedskin and had this thing, you know, and there's other stones that are 20 tons, 30 tons that, you know, that, that form the wall. I mean, it's just, it's just unreal. I mean, it is really something to see. And in his workshop upstairs, uh, you know, he was like a little monkey. He would climb up these steps that he had embedded into the wall of the workshop to get to his little bed that's hanging from the uh, ceiling. Like it's almost like a netted cot type of thing. Uh, but he would climb up these little steps that are he actually built into the wall. I mean, he was a very wiry, very wiry little man. And uh, it's just, it just unreal, man. Believe And nobody really knows how he did this for sure. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, I mean, I mean, like he did use poles, you know, uh, you know, pulleys and block and tackle and so forth there. But I mean, is that all he used? Because like a 98 pound guy can only exert so much energy. I mean, I kind of find it hard to believe that he just did this, uh, you know, uh, you know, that particular technique. Wait a second, Joe, didn't Chuck, didn't you tell me you helped him? That you would do the magic and let the rocks you lift up your arms and the rocks I would levitate the would levitate. Yeah. I tell you what, I'd love to be a tour guide down there, man. If I ever if I ever moved to Miami, oh, that would be a dream job, a part-time little thing to do for free, man. I'll do it for free. I tell I you what, love- I'm looking at some photos online of it and it, it it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. It looks almost like a huge yeah, you're right, like a a um like a fortress castle type thing and right. like mixed. And then the inside's like a garden with all these stone structures around. There's one that looks like a, a moon almost uh, one right. that you know looks like the planet Saturn. I mean, it's really amazing. Right. If you look closely, Joe, he has every planet that we know of in there. It, you know, some are hidden, uh, some are not. And I think the North wall has a hole drilled through it. And if you look through there at night, you can see the North Star. You can see Polaris. It's like in perfect alignment. I mean, the man knew astronomy like you wouldn't believe. You know what he, I think he only went to like third grade, but he read a lot. I mean, he was always at the library. They said he was a very intelligent, very intelligent man. You know, well, I, I don't know about knowing every planet because I checked it on. They don't have planet zero, uh, <laughs> you know, Marvin the Martian, you know, they did <laughs> Yeah, it is. You know what? Uh, no kidding. You know, kidding aside, Chuck, it's very elaborate. And the fact is, I know I, I did read recently some things about it that they were saying that a lot of the rocks, even though they seem so much, they're kind of like porous. So right. it's not as heavy as one would think. Um, one thing that brings to Coral Castle, Chuck, I don't know if you if you, you ever been to St. Augustine, Florida, but in St. Augustine, there's the only castle known in the northern, I think, North America and South America. Or not South America. I think South America has uh, has many, many different things. But one of the things that, uh, and, and if you guys hear a, a car speeding across the outside, which is very rare for, to happen, but if, if there was any noises, because obviously I'm not in my right location today. 
But anyway, the thing is on location. I am on location (laughs) next to Coral Castle. There's some things that apparently we have to, you know, (laughs) go to in order to get to the destination. But the the point I was going to say is that there is a castle. It's called Castle of St. Marcos. Um, And it's in St. Augustine. The walls are like six, seven feet thick. And the way that was done is crushed seashells. And when you say Coral Castle, I, I wonder, if, I mean, I haven't been there, Chuck, but I wonder if it was the same process as when they made the castle where they crushed seashells with with, with uh, sand or whatever. Right. And they made this huge, deep walls. Now, that castle was never taken by the pirates or anything. I think it was run by the Spaniards. Mm-hmm. And the castle stood its ground, and it's a beautiful tourist attraction. In fact, one thing, Joe, that you would like if you ever go to St. Augustine is that there's a a part of the castle where in the uh, 1900s, early 1900s, they they opened up a part that they hadn't been in, you know, like 200, 300 years. And there were some skeletons they found like in a dungeon part of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can actually go in the castle and you're going through this little uh, entranceway, like a little, you have to bend down to go in. It's like four feet tall. And inside it tells you that they found the, the human remains in that side. But you see, the thing with St. Augustine is that Ninety percent, I think, of the money they make there in tourists is through ghost tours. They have the Ripley's Believe It or Not ghost tour. They have the ghost tour for the uh, Fountain of Youth. In other words, there's also they claim that that's the area where Ponce de Leon uh, found the Fountain of Youth when he came searching for America. It's really just a museum inside. Um, I know I I fell for the thing because I'm like, I wonder what it is in there. I thought I was going to see like a waterfall or something. And there was absolutely nothing, man. It was just a walking in museum <laughs> that was actually outdoors and it shown like whatever. It was wow. not what I thought. But, you know, even the building for Ripley's, believe it or not, is you can tell it's like 100, 200 years old. They had the first school there. They have the oldest building, the oldest everything. So it's really a beautiful town. And they make all their money through ghost tours. Ghost the tours. majority of the money. So I know Joe, if he goes there and his wife says, okay, Joe, let's go. I have a feeling he'll cleave to one of those tombstones. And he'll be like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've, one of, I, I, I absolutely love, I've always loved castles. And, you know, over, you know, the past, you know, maybe 20 years or so, I think I visited maybe two or three, um, one in Germany. I think one was in Canada. And I, I don't remember the other one, but. Ever since I was young, I, I've always fascinated with castles, especially, you know, how because the, they always have secret passages and everything. Oh, and yeah. they're just very, you know, mysterious. And then as you get older and start, you know, really researching castles, you see why these secret passages were used and really what castles were mm-hmm. were used for. But, you know, one of the things I want, was hoping to bring up today and talk about was, and I don't think we've ever really touched on it, was the kind of like the the genre of fantasy you know fantasy films uh books role-playing games because i i've always felt a connection with you know the world of fantasy mainly because you know it always involved you know medieval periods and there's always a castle involved you know whether it's a a dragon you know storm in a castle or an army storm in a castle or there's some type of drama unfolding in a castle they're they're always in there and it was you know um I was always a big Lord of the the Rings fan. You know, there's there's tons of castles mentioned in the books. And then if you watch the movies, you know, they have just some beautiful, you know, um, castles and then the the cities that surround them and everything that goes on them. They're in they're just absolutely amazing. So the other day I was um, one of my buddies sent me an article that I seen is going to be showing on Amazon this Thursday. And it's called The Wheel of Time. And it's they were books by Robert Jordan. There's 14 of them. He did, um, I believe it was one through 11. And then Brandon, after he died, then Brandon Sanderson finished off the novels with 12, 13 and 14. Uh, And they began in uh, 1990. And they're a high fantasy novel series. And I didn't really know too much about them. I've never read them. I, I don't think I've ever heard of them. But I tell you what, when I watched the um, the trailer for The Wheel of Time and it started getting me back in this, you know, groove of, you know, fantasy worlds and trying to and looking at different fantasy things and wanting to read more fantasy. So I'm really excited about this 
show coming on Thursday because I, I know they're going to have some great castles in there. There's some dragons and, you know, magic and all that stuff. So have you guys ever been into anything like that? You know, anything on the, the fantasy genre, like Lord of the Rings or Dungeons and Dragons, anything like that? I tell well, you. Oh, go ahead, Eddie. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, you're kind of disappointed there because uh, I didn't know dragons weren't real. And now I think Joe just kind of ruined it for me. Thanks a lot, Joe. There's yeah. one waiting for you in, in Coral Castle. <laughs> but what about you, Chuck? Have you been? Have you ever gotten into uh, anything in the, the fantasy genre? Well, the only thing that I've gotten into, you know what? Two of my favorite authors in the whole world, okay? And it's, and it's all based on fantasy, but some really good stuff. Jules Verne. I mean, I've I, I've read just about everything they've ever written, and I tell you what, their stories are fantastic. It's very thought, uh, you know, thought provoking, and it's all based on some amazing fantasy. I mean, I mean, twenty thousand leagues under the sea, and the you know, the Invisible Man. I mean, it's just it's just, it's just some amazing stuff. I mean, uh, so I've always been into like sci, you know, sci-fi and things of that nature with fantasy. But those two are probably the best sci-fi authors i mean they're they're fantastic yeah they do definitely have some good you know because there's you know different kind of subgenres of, of fantasy out there you know you got your high fantasy in the, the middle ages right. time period then you got like the jules verne type stuff where you know you might deal with some large creatures or right. uh, you know different other aspects of, of uh you know fantasy type tropes but you know, I, I like that too. But I've always really liked the uh, the medieval period times. I always thought it was very fascinating, and especially how you know people lived back then. I mean, completely oh, different than there. You know, and if you live to be twenty back then, you know, you're considered an old man because you get a coffin. Yeah. You know, like, well, start digging his grave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know something? I, I was going to tell you guys. Um, I didn't cut you, Chuck. Did I? No, no, no. Go ahead. That's fine. No, I was going to say when you're saying, you know, the castles and stuff, I, I wanted to say that I've been drawn to castles since a very young kid. But I think my introduction to the genre was not really sci-fi or fiction. I think it came from watching Abbott and Costello, oh, watching yeah. uh, all That's... the haunted houses, you know, from the 1950s and 40s, all the horror films which always consisted like the fall of the house of usher with vincent price yeah was always a victorian house and every haunted house had a knight in shining armor uh, even in the cartoons from the flintstones to you know anything that had haunted house to uh mickey mouse you always had the knight in shining armor and the castle so i think my my board up in the genre was not as much as in the sci-fi which of course i did like lost in space and a lot of like Jules Verne, or you said those, and you know I've watched a lot of uh, Twenty Thousand Leaks Under the Sea, all this stuff, but that doesn't really have castles and stuff in it, you know. But the castles, I think, because every time I had the place, if you guys remember in the nineteen seventies, and I, I know Joe, you're too young for that, but Chuck will remember that it was very popular to buy like a fort with the army soldiers inside. Oh yeah, 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 and you always were able to buy this box forts. That were you know plastic and stuff, and and you had a lot of them were castles. Oh and yeah, drawbridge. Marks did and those, wasn't it? Wasn't by Marks Mark? did it. Marks did it. Yep, uh, yep. Tommy, I think, did it. They also had the Weebles. Uh, oh yeah, where they yeah. wobble and they don't fall down. They had like a castle. Which <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. That's right. They didn't fall down either. Because you know? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> and and the little ghost Weeble. Well, I got the I got the Weebles haunted house many many years ago. And I think all that, and, and one of the games, too, that didn't have a castle, but it had the Victorian slash monster ghost to it, was Witch Witch. Oh. And if you remember, and there was also Ghost Castle, which was like a, a knockoff of Witch Witch or whatever, each of them, you know, benefit. But you were like walking through this, you know, even the Haunted Mansion by Lakeside, which was based on the Disney's Haunted Mansion. And so the castle part of that I think I came involved and grew up in is what brought me to the genre was mostly the toys and what I was exposed to in the 1970s. So I always thought castles were cool. And, you know, dragons were there too, but Disney mostly did dragons. But you guys have to understand one thing. When you grew up in the 1970s watching Disney, Disney was geared, maybe in the 50s, it was geared to like both genres, but both sexes, you know, male, female. 
But as we, in the 70s, all you really had was more like a feminist type of, you know, genre for people. Because you had, you know, little Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, all those different movies, little Herbie. But it, it was all kind of like, most of it was Sleeping Beauty, Bambi. And, you know, you're growing up in the 70s and you're a little kid, a little boy in the neighborhood. You're more into monsters and Abbott and Costello and stuff. So, um I don't think Disney's fantasy world with the dragons and stuff really intrigued me as a kid. I don't remember really introducing to dragons until later, Right. you know, probably 13, 14 years old, you started seeing dragons and dragons. But the only dragon I swear I remember is the one with Bugs Bunny where the, the, the flame goes out and then Bugs Bunny uses a lighter to light it for him. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's about the one I remember, you know, which is so funny. I tell you what I what I always wanted to do, and I, I I don't know anywhere that you can do it, but it would it would be a dream of mine is to go to some old castle to their wine cellar, and I'm not a wine drinker, but man, to find a you know oh. few hundred year old bottle of wine and and crack it open with a good cigar and just sit yeah. in the wine cellar and and just you know kind of think of you know sit there with a nice cigar and a glass of wine. And just think about everything that happened in that ca- castle when it was, you know, yeah. up and running, and everything that happened surrounding that castle. Because I mean, these, there's a lot of history, and that would be like, you know, our White House today or our Buckingham Palace. You know, those were the the big political, you know, centers of the time. And just think of everything that all the treachery and debauchery that that went on in there. It would just be really cool to just sit there and have a good cigar, a nice glass of wine, and talk about, you know. What what happened while you're sitting in the you know wine cellar or sitting room of the castle? I think that'd be cool. Absolutely, man. And I bet a lot of those are probably what you would consider haunted. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sure different things that people hear, you know, with certain hours of the night because, like you said, they're hundreds of years old and they've had a lot of death in there. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of people have died. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, that's what they use. Like you know, a lot of the um, uh, secret passages and all that were used. You know. If, if they needed to exit rooms or if they needed to get into a room and, you know, kill somebody and get out without somebody seeing, I mean, it was, you know, there was a, a lot of stuff that went on in castles and it's really, really cool. And I, you know, when I was younger, I always thought, you know, man, it would be so cool to live in a castle. I want to live in a castle when I got, get older. And then, you know, once you get older and you see, you know, Oh yeah, if I only had, you know, a few hundred million dollars, I could get my no. own castle. <laughs> no, Joe, Joe, I, I got to cut I got to tell you this, my friend. I was just about to mention that. It's so funny that you brought it up. If you look at the, you know, real estate sections of castles and stuff, they have sold castles in probably the last five, six years. They sold one in England for a million five hundred thousand, which is the cost of a house up here in North Jersey. Yeah, let me pull uh, that out of my my sock and I'll well, uh, no, well, put it down you payment. Would, <laughs> no, you, you will get a mortgage and you could probably like fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. You would be able. The only problem is, you know, who the heck is going to live in a castle that's 1,000 years old? Hear that, but, everyone out there? Donate to House of the Unusual Joe's like Castle Fund. Yeah, yeah we want to buy our own castle. Would you have to bring us up the code? or got to be code enforcement. That would be kind of rough, wouldn't it? Maybe not yeah. in Europe. Maybe not in Europe. Maybe Remember, Europe, depending yeah. on how old it is. <laughs> but, you know, Chuck, this is going to bring – this is for you. One thing that I forgot to mention – that had a castle that probably also introduced us in castles was not the Garden of Maple Leaf with the two girls, but Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. And, and you know what? That was all filmed right here in Pittsburgh. I mean, I was I was pretty close to getting on there. I actually talked to the mailman on the phone about 20 years ago, Mr. McFeely. And so we were, we were discussing a, a possibly coming on there, and that was in the final years of Mr. Rogers. He, he was starting to kind of kind of going to semi-retirement but it never you know it never came to fruition i mean th- i mean that would have been cool like if i would have done some magic on mr rogers neighborhood oh, that would have been really cool i would have loved to just seen the the stage where they you know did all the puppetry yeah. and all that. that would have been amazing yeah they got a museum here in pittsburgh joe the heinz history museum and my wife and her uh, uh, my wife and i just went there a few months ago and they got a big uh, display of mr rogers they have the original puppets they have a they have a mannequin of Mr. Rogers there. It was so cool that I actually went like I snuck, you know, like the barrier. I, I crawled underneath it 
and I was next to Mr. Rogers, and I had my wife hurry up and snap a couple pictures. <laughs> You're playing with the puppets back there and making them talk to each other. Yeah, it was. You know what? It was. It was. It was so cool, man. It was. You know what? He was a nice man. You know, there was no controversy with this guy. I mean, he was married like 50 years. He was just a good. He was just a good man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely, you know, you you look back, you know, you you have him and Bob Ross, and you just don't have people like like that on TV. No, no, you don't. You know, but yeah, but that all took place right here, right here in Pittsburgh. You know, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was filmed out there. Yeah, WQED uh, is literally. I'm about 19 miles uh, east of Pittsburgh downtown, so you know, probably about 20 minutes from my house was where it was all filmed. It was now at that museum. Do they still have the? Um, I'm guessing it would probably be made out of wood or whatnot, but of the castle, they still have that anywhere? Yeah, they have a mock-up of it, you know what I mean? I guess they remade a version of it, and it's, like, really cool. It's got the trolley and everything, and you know what? It just has a lot of Pittsburgh memorabilia. If you ever do make it to Pittsburgh, you know what? Make sure you guys stop at that stop at that museum. Uh, there's a lot of uh, trolley cars that Pittsburgh had. There's a, a, There's an amusement park here called Kennywood Park, and they have like the original racer cars, the roller coaster cars are in there. I mean, it's like really cool. If you like football, they got a whole section of the Steelers. There's one floor of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know, and so forth. I mean, it's it. I mean, Pittsburgh does have a lot of history. You know, it was really cool. You could like literally spend the whole day in there. There's like I think five or six floors, and there's little kiosks where you can eat and so forth. I mean, it was a rainy day we went, so we so we stayed in there probably three hours. I mean, it was really neat. You know what, I I think the only, I've been to a, the art museum out there, whatever their big art museum is. Right. And that was, I think it was, man, during maybe eighth grade or something. So, you know, almost 30 years ago or so, 25, 30 years ago. And then a few years back, me and my wife went out there and the museum was closing, but we got to go in the uh, the submarine that they have. We took a little walk through it. Oh, and that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, that was probably down at Station Square, you know. And yeah, you know what? It's you know they got some really cool stuff. The zoo's built up really nice. You know, I mean they they really they really built things up. Hey, uh, hey, speaking of the zoo, there's a toy that I was able to get, which I'm sure Eddie probably knows about. Joe, you're probably a little too young for this, but at the Pittsburgh Zoo, most major zoos had a vending machine. When I was a kid, I actually put a quarter in, and I had this thing made, and I don't know what I did with it. It was called Mold Arama. And it was it was a it was a liquid injection system. When you put a quarter and you pick what little animal uh, that you wanted the the molds to make, and and these molds would come together, and a plastic liquid uh, goop would be shot inside there, like an injection thing, and then the molds would come apart, and it and there'd be like an armature. It would knock that little creature down through the slot. And what I had made was a gorilla, and it was stamped at Pittsburgh Zoo. Now, this had to be 50 years ago, and I don't remember what I did with it. Of course, I was a little kid, but I did get one online. It was from the Brookville Zoo uh, f- from another state, but it's the exact same gorilla. And, uh, yeah, but it was called Mold-O-Rama. Most, most major cities, their zoos particularly, had these. Eddie, are you familiar with it? Uh, it sounds crazy when you're saying that, Chuck. I, I, I'm kind of familiar with it, but no, I, I never saw one growing up. I thought you were going to say you had the uh, no, the no, actual no. thing in your house that to make. <laughs> no, no. What, what I wanted to ask you, Joel, uh, I mean, Chuck, Chuck was this uh, when you were going to be in the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, was that around the time Joe still had a pacifier in his mouth? It probably yeah, was. <laughs> well, that was, about, that was about 20 years ago. So what, Joe, you're 44. You were in your early 20s, I guess. So yeah. No, pacifier time was Joe over Joe. Well, yeah, that one, I don't know. It was just last week. So, yeah, I just got <laughs> off of it, you know, and uh, I was I was weaned off of it. It only took 41 years, but I, I made it. <laughs> that, that is kind of hard to believe because I've been doing magic for, what, about 38 years. So when I started, Joe, you were, uh, four, what, four years old. That's amazing. Yeah. I could have theoretically performed at your little birthday party when you were a little kid. Yeah, you just oh, might, wow. you just might have. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Maybe you gave him the little gorilla you had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look and see if I have it. Yeah, I probably. Yeah, you were probably around then doing magic. Little but did get, you know. Uh, but I get some guys, you know, who who send me emails once in a while, age in their forties. They go, Chuck, you did you did my birthday, you know, 30, 30 years ago, and I and I'm trying to remember. I said, oh boy, I don't remember, you know. And uh, I mean, I mean, but that is kind of nice. I get people contacting me from many, many years ago, you know, and uh, and still to this day, when people hire me, they'll say, well, you did a show. At my neighbor's house, I'm I'm right next door, so uh, so we'll see you next Friday. You know, 
I don't remember, you know, these, it's a big yeah. blur. Uh, so I tell them, whoa, 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 let's go back. Let's start on the parkway. What do I do? What exit do I get up? You know, people think I remember these things. I cannot remember. I can't. You know, what it was funny is that my, uh, uh, the old house I used to live in about five years ago, um, my neighbor, her father, he was a, um, uh, kind of like his little side job. I don't know if he did it full time or not, but he was a clown and a magician and he had done it. I mean, his, his whole life, you know, he was in his he's in his sixties and I remember him from gosh, maybe five or six years old doing parties, yeah. you know, doing his, his clowning and his magic and all that. And he, he was very good at it. You know, and he took it very seriously. You know, he, he loved doing it. He loved oh, bringing wow. enjoyment to, to children. Great. And he did, yeah um nursing homes you know hospitals stuff like that but it, it was funny because now i'm i'm living next to his daughter who is a little bit older than me but when he would come and visit you know i would help help him you know do yard work we we talk and all that hang out you'll have a beer yeah. together and it was you know i'm thinking like you know just 30 years ago you were doing you know magic at my birthday party yeah, yeah. <laughs> now here we are you know hanging out that's <laughs> yeah, hard to believe it really is man yeah yeah, time time flies. You know, Chuck, what my favorite thing was, and I remember almost all the bathrooms you used to go, I guess, like in malls, was the mechanical servant. They look like those uh, sacred vending machines. Oh, those were so cool. Yeah, I used to always like going there. And for like 75 cents, one of my oh. favorite things was the magic mouse. <laughs> oh, the mouse was so cool. Yeah, I would get it. That, oh. And I still have some. Actually... Um, I was so intrigued with, uh, especially going to a, there's a store that even Dr. Boyajin and me mentioned there was a two guys up in the Paramus area of New Jersey. And they used to have a lot of, like, anytime you went to stores, Corvettes or two guys at the time, and I, I'm sure Chuck knows Corvettes or he remembers them. Sure. Um, Chuck the other Corvettes, Chuck, you remember that, that saying on the TV commercials? When you go went inside, there was another store here called Alexander's in, in the Paramus area. And you would go inside and they always had five, 10 vending machines. You know, the 50 cents, 25 cents vending machine with the capsules. And they had the coolest toys in the world, man. And I was so intrigued by that that when I opened up my magic shop, I bought a, a couple of vending machines, which I still have. And I love the fact, you know, and I would buy this mega different things. But my favorite was, it's so funny, Chuck, because I'm sure you remember this one. There was always one that had the little miniature spy camera from comic books on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And no matter what you did, no matter what, you would try to get that thing. And, of course, the camera itself wouldn't fit through the slot in the bottom anyway. <laughs> they just put, and they would put it all the way in the top. And they make you think you're going to get the camera for Isn't 25 that, cents, you know? That's something. Wow. Well, I wound up getting one of the, the actual vending machines. And then when I got the vending machine, I wanted to get the paper with the camera on it, the one they, they advertised. Yeah. I think I paid like $75 for that insert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have several. I have like 10, 11 of them. Those are All the ones as a kid that I had, I have the inserts because I have several vending machines. But I love those vending. Now, the one you're talking about, the injection mold thing. Yeah. I'm having like this flashbacks, like when Joe gets his flashback about his monsters. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks, like I've seen it. But well, you know, know what? what? If you got a chance sometime, go on YouTube and search Mold Arama Machine. You will not. There are some videos of this thing, you know, in its in its process of when it actually makes the little creature that you pick out. I mean, it's it, it's it's like a really it's it's an ingenious. Uh, vending machine. I mean, these two molds that come together, and and this hose shoots this this hot liquid uh, stuff, and it and it and it kind of dries really quick. And back when I was a kid, there was a certain smell to this. I, I, like I'll never forget that smell. I can't even describe it. It was like, it was like, almost like rubber mixed with some kind of a. Uh, I can't even describe it. You know what I mean? You, that, you know what? Like you, you know what's funny, Chuck? Is you're talking about smell, and you know I've always. I've always loved the smell of old comic books, you know, the pulp yeah, paper. That's but, cool. But the other day I was sitting and I don't know why it popped into my head, but I back in the eighties and even today, I'm still a huge GI Joe collector. You know, I love, oh, I love man. the old GI Joe, the small figures from the eighties and early nineties. Yeah. But back in, I think it was the late eighties that, um, and, and, you know, when I was young, I, I was everything about, you know, I, all I did all day when the sun was up, I played army. And then when the 
sun went down, I went inside and played GI Joes and watched. I, you know, that oh. was a big part of you know why I went into the the military. So it, when I was young, I loved it. But in the late '80s, the GI Joe figures came with a um came with fa- a little packets of face paint, and it was almost like a um eh. it wasn't like a chalk or anything. It was more of like almost like a, a liquid. Yeah. And so each GI Joe figure had a little thing of, of face paint in it that you could use. And I remember having those when I was young and getting them, putting the face paint on and running around in the, in the backyard and all that in the woods next to my house playing army. Yeah. For some reason I was thinking about this the other day and I haven't thought about it for probably 30 years. And I could smell what that face paint smells. I could smell it right now as I'm talking about isn't, it. And, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? And you know, I haven't thought about it for 30, 30 some years yeah. probably. And I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that face paint since then, but I could still smell. I could smell it right now as we're talking. It's a very distinct smell. I mean, yeah. it's not amazing. It is, <laughs> it is. It is amazing. You, you know something, Chuck? And, and you, Joe, I don't know, Joe, you might be too young, but here's the deal. First of all, I, you know, when I said, Chuck, you told me if I saw the machine. Well, there's two things you got to remember. One, I have a Coney Island movie up on YouTube, the YouTube channel, House of the Unusual. That's, a, that's a cool video. Yeah, the, the ones you see. And that was done in 1976 with a Super uh, 8 film. Uh, in that video, Chuck mentioned a laughing woman. And it so happens I forgot about it. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's one. I, I yeah, I've seen it on there when it first opened yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, here's the funny thing. Here's another thing about smell. You guys... And I know, Chuck, you got to remember, because it was a unique smell that was a phenomenal smell. Anytime you opened up, let's say if you had uh, some girl in your life, not girl, I mean like some sister or cousin, when they opened up the dolls and the Halloween costumes oh yeah, the 1970s, right? there was a funny smell that smelled (laughs) phenomenal. (laughs) I used to like to smell that, man. So you got my first Superman costume, my aunt gave me. That smell was on the plastic. I know what I you mean. What... I know what you mean. You know what I'm talking about? That smell is unique. If you have anything from the 70s, like a doll thing, and you never open the box, and you open it up, I don't know if it was what they used to mold it with. It was right. like a plastic. But that smell was so good, man. I used to just like open it up and want to smell it. Ain't that yeah, funny? After how many decades we could still, you know, vividly recall what something smells like i mean that, yeah. that's amazing it, it, you know you know really hey but getting back to the vending machines eddie the one thing i was always after was the little skull and his and his and his jaw moved it was spring-loaded it was really cool <laughs> it was very difficult to get one of those but i did i had to get a few when i was a kid and it was the coolest thing because it was a really it was a really neat little skull and his jaw moved. You pull it down, it would snap shut. It was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I have a couple of those. Oh, I've never seen those. Oh, they're oh God, Joe, really? Are they the what are, are they like how big would they be compared to like like say size of a quarter? Quarter size? Yeah, I've never seen those, I don't think. Yeah, they go back to the late sixties, early seventies. See the thing that was cool about me, my uh, brother, God you know, uh, God rest his soul, he he was seven years older than me. And so the toys he had even predate me. So that's why 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 I'm familiar with them, even like a little bit younger, uh, you know, even a little older than me. Because you you mentioned GI Joes, he had the full size ones, Joe. I guess they were about a foot tall, and yeah. they go, and they go back to the mid '60s, you know, and uh, you know. So I was playing with them like in the early '70s, but he had the coolest GI Joes, man. It was unbelievable. They had, you know, the backpacks, of course, and everything. And there was like a line, like a zip line that came with them. You could. Yeah. it up across the yard. It was really cool. Maybe oh. one, maybe one of my good friends will send me a uh, a small skull. I, I, I don't know oh, who. May. Uh, I knew that was coming, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Well, listen, Christmas will, is around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely consider that. I'm going to look. And let me tell you something, though, Chuck. In my time, all the action figures when me and you were young, that they, they used to advertise in the East Coast were all you know twelve inch GI Joes. Yeah, they were one good. of the favorite was right. the Kung Fu Grip. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, but one thing I'm going to tell you, and you, I don't know if you remember this one, but in 1972 or 73, my aunt bought me for Christmas the Leaf, I think it's Leaf Erickson or something like that, the Viking, and that was like a 12 inch GI Joe figure came in a horse, um, and he was solid, man. He weighed like a good half pound. Oh, they were built to last. Do you yeah. remember? No, but this wasn't a GI Joe. This was called Leaf the Viking, I think. I think I remember that. Yeah, I think you you can actually see it came with a Viking helmet with the two horns. 
and he had a, a, a horse. Yep. Uh, oh my gosh, that, I don't know exactly what happened. I think I lost him in the fire that I had. The horse I lost probably in the 70s, but that was a solid. You would stand it up, and it was like a hard plastic. Oh yeah. Like resin, you know. Do you guys uh, remember the uh, the six million dollar man? Oh yeah. I have one toy where you, you can look, look through the, the eye. eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those have, those were cool, man. I I got one about you know when I got one, Joe. I I never as a kid I wanted it, but obviously my mom didn't get it for me. And there was another one called a Bullet Man, the Human Bullet. Yeah, it was a guy with a bullet helmet, and he, yep. he threw him down a rope. Uh, the Six Million Dollar Man. The reason they didn't get it from whatever reason, you know, it was probably expensive at the time. But I was able to get one for like seventy five dollars in the box, right after the Forty Year Old Virgin, the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had one in there, and I went on eBay, and the darn thing was selling, and I bought it. So I have a, I have one in a box. Um, I should have taken it to when I met Lee Majors in, in one of the Chiller conventions. Yeah, I haven't signed it, man. Yeah. Those are hard to come by anymore. The, a lot yeah. of those 12 inch figures, you know, aside from G.I. Joe, they're, you know, you never really see them in, in any no. stores. I tell you what, when I was growing up, I used to love to watch the $6 million man. You know, that, that, that was when it was current, you know, like maybe 1973, 74. Uh, like there was a good friend of mine either. I'd sleep, I'd sleep over at my house and, and we'd watch on a Friday night. I remember there was six million dollar man. There was Carl Kolchak, the uh, the news reporter played by Darren McGavin. Uh, so that was called the Night Stalker. Uh, so there was yeah, there were the, 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 it was like those two and perhaps one or two other types of thing. But it was on for, from like you know seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. It was it was all star lineup. You know, it was neat. You know Chuck, when you're saying that Chuck back in the seventies too. When uh, this is funny that you mentioned Night Stalker. That was my CB handle when everybody wanted to have a CB. Uh, Night Stalker. When they had the 23 channels before the 40 channels came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I had the, I was called a Night Stalker, which is funny that you That's said that. Cool. But one, one, one thing I'm going to tell you when you say, you know, with action figures, and I came across a flea market a, a couple of years ago, and shocking as it was, <laughs> some lady had no idea what she had. I see. Uh, Mercury 7, which I think is the one that um, the first guy that went to space, what's his name? Glenn? John Glenn? Yeah. Okay, and it had the John Glenn G.I. Joe inside. You know what you gave it to me for $3, man? Oh my goodness. The full-size 12-inch John Glenn space shuttle. Wow. When I came home and looked it up on eBay, the darn thing was going for $800. Oh my goodness. And then I was also able to get one action figure that my mom never got me as a kid. And I always wanted was the intruder, the enemy of G.I. Joe. I remember that. I have him in a, in mint in a package. I have actually two, one open and one mint. So no, Joe, you're not getting him. I will <laughs> the skull, though. Yeah, he'll send you the skull. How's that? Yeah. That'll work. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Santa Guevara. <laughs> but um, but I mean that was phenomenal. And Chuck, let's be honest. Did you have? I don't know if you had it, Chuck, because I had it. The tent for GI Joe. Oh yeah. Tent. Oh yeah. We had the pup tent. Oh, all that. It was so cool, man. Oh, it was so neat. The little knapsack with the canteen inside, and oh, you know. Man. The the biggest mistake I did, man, my mom bought me when I was a kid, Planet of the Apes Treehouse. And I think the, the box was phenomenal. In the fire that I had, the box got wet and I threw it out. What a mistake. I still have the mint condition house with all the five gorillas. I mean, the Planet of the Apes. And oh, yeah. I have the astronaut in mint condition. Like, they're mint. The only thing is, I, I you know, I've been trying to buy a box, an empty box. And the darn box, the cheapest one I found was like 50 bucks. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. For an empty box? But what I wanted to tell you, Chuck, that one of them, the entire house was selling on eBay for $3,200. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. I was like, what? I paid nineteen ninety five. Not me. My mom did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, that stuff goes up. The, you know, my favorite toy, absolute favorite, uh, was was the Fright Factory, also known as the Thing Maker, where, yeah. you, where, you know, you pour the goop into the mold and you... And you put it into the heater, and it would it would sear it, and then you dip it into the tray of water, and you peel it out of the mold, and like you'd have different creepy crawlers, and it was man, we used to play with that, my brother and I, for hours. That was so cool. I had one of those, I think, in the I believe it was maybe the early eighties or so. They had, uh, you know, they obviously updated it and redid it, but yeah, those were a little, those were cool. It made little creepy yeah. crawlies, and I had to chase my sister around with them and throw them <laughs> around the house and. 
<laughs> you know, eventually it got taken away from me because you know I was using it how I wasn't supposed to use it. But <laughs> did, did you guys ever? I don't know, Joe. Do you remember was it Shing Dings? I think it was called or something like that. Oh, Shrinky, uh, Shrinky Dinks. Oh man, Shrinky Dinks. Do you guys remember that? Oh, absolutely. That I love so Shrinky cool. Dinks. Love yeah, them. Yeah, you, you'd cut them out and put them in the oven, right? And it shrink. Yeah, and then it would turn into like a, a like one of those uh, heavy duty half inch thick plastic. Yep. Like uh, those were keychains. Cool. And what were the ones where they were small and you would put them in water and, and then in like an hour they would be uh, fully grown? Oh, they'd grow. Yeah. That was oh no, but they still sell that today, Joe. Oh, do they? Was, uh, yeah, like yeah. they had like you can grow an alligator and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a dehydrate. In, in fact, you know what's so funny that with that same process, I think what initiated that process is when the I don't know if it was the SS Adams company or what company came out with the dehydrated worm. Right. That they remember when we had that segment with um with Dr. Saab that he was showing how it was like sponges, like oh yeah, know? yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's what I think started that growth thing. But shrinky dinks, I don't even know. Are those even still around? Do they they no, still sell shrink? No. No, that that was over forty years ago. Yeah, they're you could find them on collectible lists, I guess. How about the chloroform toys where you pull off the peel and peel and stick? They were like a thin. Oh, I, I still have a I still have a bunch of those. You know, a few years ago at a toy shop, I found um, E.T. He Man, yeah, uh, G.I. Joe, and. Those- um, those were cool. I think those Transformers, were... but yeah, those are those are very cool. They're hard to find too, especially complete. Right? Wasn't it? Wasn't that called the chloroform? Yeah, chloroform. I, I, chloroform I, like I know chloroforms, but there was one. Now that you guys say that, there was one that used to have to wet the paper, and it slid off, and it was like a clear thing, transparent thing, and oh yeah, yeah. Was that the clo- the time you're talking about, Joe? Which one was? No, these were just kind of like um. I guess they. I don't know if they stuck with maybe static or something, but it was like a real thin, um, yeah. soft Vinyl. plastic, and then you would put it on the the um the real smooth board, mm-hmm. and they would just kind of stick there. I, I don't. Oh know my was... gosh! I'm sorry, man. I was totally blacked out on that. You know what? I had a, I had the Mickey Mouse magic coliforms, chloroform. Chloroform. You remember that that had the spinning wheel in the center? Yeah. And you put the chloroform, and then when you spin it around, color it was... color forms. That's what color it was. Form, color color forms. Form. Yeah. It would it would spin like one side would be like a Mickey hat and then when you spin it the other red thing was like the red and green like from the three D glasses in the other side the rabbit appeared yeah that's cool do oh, that, you remember the Mickey Mouse I still have one of those I, I actually got a one in main condition core forms are so cool I mean you could just well, you have your little own adventure on on the board there but oh. hey, hey guys we're we're down to the last few minutes here so we have to uh, wrap it up and we'll we'll. We'll be sitting by anxiously to see Eddie's video of him running around Coral Castle as the uh, as the p- workers chase him around and you know, try, to, try to grab him as he's going crazy down there. That's what I would be doing because <laughs> it looks absolutely fantastic. So we'll definitely be waiting for that video and for his update. I'm sure, you know, check us out on the podcast next week because I'm sure that we'll be talking about Coral Castle and everything cool that that happened there. But I definitely want to say a big thank you to all our listeners out there. Uh, Whatever platform you're listening to us on, please subscribe to us. Give us a good review because that does help us out tremendously. And, you know, all the algorithms and everything out there. So uh, every week we have a new podcast. So keep checking us out and keep checking out the YouTube and the house of the And uh, we got about a minute and a half. Uh, Chuck, any final words? Hey, it was great walking down memory lane tonight. I, you know, we, that was a lot of fun. Brought back a lot of memories. Eddie, have a great time tomorrow, man. Make sure you look at everything in detail. I think you're going to be blown away, my man. Thank you very much, Joe, man. God, I mean, Joe, Chuck, God bless him, that man. Yeah, keep keep definitely keep us updated on on what's going on there. And so, I want to definitely want to see some photos. So definitely, you know, Absolutely. text or email us some some photos of it so we could live vicariously through you and your uh, adventures down there. <laughs> yeah, whatever you guys do, just whatever you do, please. Since I am in Coral Castle, in case there's any sea monkeys in the gift shop or whatever, <laughs> just don't don't tell Todd about it. I don't want him to get upset at me <laughs> unless I per you know. Because the thing I'm really looking forward to is actually the gift shop. 
Oh, I'm sure there's there's some really cool stuff. And uh, your, your friends here at House of the Unusual will be expecting some nice gifts from the gift shop. So yes, don't forget that. about us. <laughs> no, but seriously, have a good time down there and take some great photos and, uh, yeah. you know, enjoy yourself and be safe and everything. And I'm sure the weather will be beautiful and uh, just have a good time. So, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Everybody out there in podcast land, thanks for joining us once again. And we hope you had as much as a good time as we had tonight going down memory lane, talking about castles and toys and everything from our, our childhood because we are just big kids right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> true, all right, man. guys, thank you for joining us and good night. Okay, God, God bless. bless. Good night. Take care. Bye-bye.